here at the State House talking with Kendall Culp, and Kendall has about 52 different hats that he wears, <laughs> one of which is farmer, the most yes. important one, but he's also a legislator, and we all know him as VP with the Indiana Farm Bureau. Kendall, great to talk to you as usual. You've been getting a lot of heat over this employment of minors bill that you drafted, <laughs> and really for not any good reasons. Yeah, absolutely. That's House Bill 1092, and it has gotten a lot of attention that I really didn't expect because that came to me from a constituent business owner in the little town of Francisville in Pulaski <laughs> County, and he owns a drive-in, and he employs a lot of teenagers from the school. Well, you think about that, a little rural community is losing population. There's less teenagers, less workforce available. So he said, yeah, they, in the summer, they can't work past 9 p.m. I close at 9, but then after that, we have to clean up. And that, I have to bring a different crew in to do that. What shocked me was Indiana's regulations for hours worked for teenagers are more strict than the federal guidelines require, meaning we're allowing teenagers to work less hours in Indiana than what the federal does. And that just really didn't make a lot of sense to me. And what we found out is if you own your own business or your own farm, you're exempt from all of those rules. So if you work for your parents on their farm or in their business, there are no rules. We trust the parents are going to know that best. I think what's important here is some folks in education are saying you're making kids choose between education and work. No, that's not it at all. The kids need their education. This is to help supplement their education. And you know, you get to different communities around the state. Work is part of the extension of the day of education. So if a, if a kid is homeschooled or goes to a non-traditional school setting and they're done by 1.30 with their schoolwork, then this would allow them with the parental consent to go to a grocery store, to go to another store and work for a few hours for the rest of the day. You know, you think about our workforce today and you talk to employers and they said, you know, number one, you've got to pass a drug test. Number two, you can't get them to show up to work on time number three, once you get them here, they don't want to work. These are life skills that these kids are learning when they are younger. Learning responsibility, what more could you ask for? And I think for all of us, we would admit that some of the life skills that we learned that are most valuable to us now are those that we learned when we were working part-time as teenagers. A couple of other things, one of which is I'm kind of surprised to see foreign ownership of agricultural land as an issue here before the state legislature because it's really a federal issue. So explain to us why we're dealing with this on a statewide level. Yeah, that's a great question and you're right on point. This is a federal issue and it should be federally legislated. Unfortunately, right now in Washington, other than continuing resolutions, they just cannot get anything passed. And so we're not unique. We're one of 24 states now that have addressed this issue that have put some sort of limitation on foreign ownership of farmland. This bill, 1183 in Indiana, prohibits the leasing or the ownership of farmland to an adversarial country and there are six of those listed and so right now it's china russia north korea iran venezuela and cuba those are the six that means that you cannot sell a piece of farmland or lease a piece of farmland to one of those six either countries and businesses within that country or individuals do you think that because so many states are taking this up that it's going to inspire or at least put pressure on and maybe move the federal government to finally say we don't need 50 different versions of this. We need one. I believe so. That's the case. I mean, there is legislation that's been filed. I mean, our own U.S. Senator Braun is a sponsor of, of one of those bills to limit that ownership. You're right. We do not need a patchwork of 50 different laws to address this. We need 
need a federal law, and I would look forward to the day that we can make that happen. One of the other ones that was kind of curious to me that's on the agenda, and this is on a list that came out of the Indiana Farm Bureau, so since you're the VP of that, uh, you can probably speak to this, but it was the various natural resources matters. There's so much in this, it's so broad sweeping that it seems like it would open the door to interpretation and tell me about that one. Well, anytime you open up something that broad, that's a concern. So there's been concern in Indiana, we would like to make some tweaks to the Indiana Drainage Code. The concern is if you open up the drainage code, it's not always just focused on that one area. It opens it up for interpretation and then people to, to pick at different parts of it. And so that's a concern. Same way with natural resources. So drainage would be part of that. You've got the whole wetlands issue that really was controversial as well. I mean, that that has been addressed. And so we did have a drainage task force last year, the, the legislature did, and it was so controversial, they were not able to even agree on one resolution out of that. They couldn't even agree on a final report. So they ended up and met multiple times and ended up with no report at all. So I think you're seeing now pieces of that coming together into this bill to try to talk about certain areas within natural resources or drainage or conservation area that that we really try to focus on. Seemed to me as well that perhaps we needed to take a bunch of stuff out of this and deal with them separately. Many of those things seem to be disjointed with maybe what the real purpose of the bill was to begin with. And that's a great point is what I'm finding out here in the legislature is it's a lot easier to take smaller bites and to try to get things passed than to have one big comprehensive bill. That's why with the foreign ownership, for example, some say, well, why didn't you include all real estate, not just farmland? We need to start at one place, get something on the books, get something passed, and then see how that goes forward. This bill is the same way. It, you can get way too much in a bill. It gets too comprehensive. It talks about too many different topics. And then sometimes at the end, then you get to nitpicking on a certain part of that and you lose the whole bill. And all the good parts of that you lose as well. So it's really important to take small wins when you can get it and then move forward from there. Wow, this is uh, more difficult than trying to fix a combine. Kendall Cole, VP of the Indiana State Farm Bureau and uh, also a state legislator and a farmer as well. Kendall, thanks for your time as usual. Great to talk to you. Rob, great to be with you and great to be with your listeners this morning. Podcasts by Federated Media.